With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Happy birthday, sugar. There he oh, is. Thank you so much, Kenny. I'm coming in there and giving you a big birthday kiss two right years, now. Two years. Right At now. 50, you can give me a kiss. No, Not right today. 48 right boring. Here I come. No. <laughs> no. Well, keep your pants on, Kenny. No, stop it. I'm getting under the table. No. Here I come. We get things rolling. Oh, he Yeah, Case played outstanding, you know. You know, I wish the two throws he had in the second half would have uh, not would have not made, but uh, you know, he's an excitable guy and he needs to understand when when's the good the good plays and the bad plays sometimes. You know, I mean a win's a win, you know, and so obviously very pleased with that, but uh, we we made things interesting. Um, you know, I think uh, me myself put our team in a in a tough spot there. You know, we gotta learn how to finish games um, playing ahead. So um, yeah, definitely something to work on. Oh, that was uh, that was the full case Keenum experience yesterday. You know, you you disagreed a few weeks ago, and I said he's a really fun quarterback to watch. He went from yeah, best disagree. performance of his career and one of the best performances of any quarterback in the league. The first like hour and a half of that game, yes, and then and then he then the carriage turns into a pumpkin. He refuses to leave the blackjack table up a thousand dollars and starts slinging interceptions around. I think, and they hung on to win anyway. I but. think where I disagreed with you was the word fun. He's a roller coaster ride. Yes. He's intriguing. Whoops, what's that? But he the is. The vet lines are open. 651 646 8255. But he is. They uh, are actually. If you want to call them, we'll open them up. Go but uh, but let me just say, and I, I know on Ventline you got a lot of reaction to this, and a lot of people that love Case right now. Let me just say this. Folks, the two interceptions that he threw, take your pick. I don't care which one. Either one of those in January sends you home. So if you want to, if you want to be sent home, if you want to be, have your soul crushed again, then keep on this path because either one of those picks, and he and he will throw that pass again. He's he's not going to learn from that. You don't learn at this age. He will throw that pass again. That as what was that second interception? Well, that was a, he didn't see he didn't see uh, Swearinger the second time, yeah. and and on the first one, I went back. During the commercial break on the first one to watch it to confirm that I actually saw four red shirts and Kyle Rudolph and that was it. Yeah, I, okay. in your screen. I think it's fair to say three things about the Teddy Case Keenum situation. 
All right, I'm gonna, and there might be more things, but I've, I've kind of boiled this down to three things I have in my mind. As, as an undecided voter here who thinks that Teddy Bridgewater is the long-term guy, if there's going to be a long-term guy between the two. Uh, so as, a, as an independent, undecided voter here, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, for the next seven weeks, I think it's fair to say three things. Number one, that Case Keenum is playing the best football of his life the past two months. The best of, of, of his NFL life. I mean, he lit it up at Houston. Yeah, has no, the I, most passing yards. Yes. And, yes. As, and as long as he keeps playing like this or some semblance of this, yep. he should play because your first and foremost priority is to cash in this season. You're 7-2. and two. Mm-hmm. You're going to win the division. Mm-hmm. You might play home playoff games. You got a home Super Bowl if you get there. This season's the priority. So whoever's the best quarterback right now should play. And it's possible that it's Case Keenum, even if it's not like a long-term sustainable thing. Which brings me to the second thing that I think is fair to say. I'm skeptical about the sustainability of what we're seeing from Case Keenum, much like I was skeptical of Brian Hoyer's two months in Houston a couple years ago, of Nick Foles' two months or three months in Philadelphia like four years ago, or Brock Osweiler's seven starts in place of Peyton Manning with the Broncos from two or three years ago. Like, I I feel like if you criticize or are skeptical of Case Keenum, and we had an hour of these phone calls yesterday on Ventline, it's like you're a pariah for being skeptical of a guy who was undrafted and bad for five years. You're being quarterback shamed right now. Yes, those people are quarterback shaming you. A little bit, and we can dive back into that too. But So I think it's okay and healthy to be skeptical Mm -hmm. about what you're watching long term. In the short term, it's great. He's playing out of his mind. And then the third thing I would say is, and I, and I think it's fair to say this, that Teddy Bridgewater long-term has a higher ceiling than Case Keenum. He's more accurate. He was at one point projected to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And so people who watch football for a living agreed at the time of the assessment. So, you know, maybe it doesn't come to fruition this year, in yep. which case you'll have to figure some things out. But, you know, there's so there's so much of a black and white pick aside. It's very nuanced, the Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater conversation. And it's a good first world football problem to have if you're the Vikings. Sure. Um, I think what it's time to do, I think I think we've reached this juncture because this change is going to happen at some point. I mean, when Mike Zimmer gets up to the podium and says, I've got a plan and doesn't say, in case is our guy and that's it, the change is going to happen. So I think what we need to all do right now is hit the quarterback couch and we need to lay down and we need to begin to accept what's going to happen here and how. And the most important thing is what we need is separation. It's all jumbled right now. Well, Teddy did this and Teddy that and Teddy, Teddy, Teddy and Case is doing this and you had Sam and what if Sam came back but now he can't. Okay, this is very, very simple to me. The starting point for this therapy session is Case Keenum. It's not Teddy. We're getting too confused here. And it's Case Keenum and it's the understanding that what they're doing at Winter Park is all about Case Keenum in this sense. You saw it yesterday in the second half on back-to-back throws by him. He is not going, if you think you have a legitimate chance to win and or get to the Super Bowl, I'm not saying make the playoffs, I'm saying get to the Super Bowl, make a deep playoff run. Case Keenum is not the guy. He's not going to be the guy. He will, I can assure you, just as I just as I told Doogie now in 2009 in November, in fact, at a birthday celebration for me, Brett Favre will break your heart. Now that was Favre, and so that was even dicier. 
But I can simply tell you, Case Keenum will break your heart. And if you allow that to happen and you're the Vikings, shame on you. It's also possible that Teddy Bridgewater would break your heart, too. It is. So, like, they could, it's not like they're choosing between, hey, break break your heart or guy who's going to take you to the Super Bowl. It is possible, but my point is this. I can assure you, I don't know if, if Teddy would or not. That's to be determined. I can assure you Case Keenum will. Case Keenum, you will get you will get to January the 14th or January the 21st, God forbid, because that is the NFC Championship game. That is the date of the NFC Championship game. And he will reach into your chest, Vikings fan. He will take the ticker out of your chest and rip it. He will kill you. I can assure you of that. With Bridgewater, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, That's where this stands. But this really starts, this this conversation, if I'm doing three therapy sessions, the entire first one, Viking fans, is all about Case Keenum. Yeah. You know what? I, I'll boil it down even from what you just said. This team, everything except for the quarterback position, which we're, you know, we're gonna, that'll play itself out, is Super Bowl ready. I think the offensive line has become Super Bowl ready. Look at the blocking yesterday. How many times was Case were, Keenum even? Was there a sack? Did, did Case Keenum get sacked at all sacked yesterday? All day yesterday, no. Uh, I mean, he hasn't. He's been sacked like once or twice going back the last month and a half. They run the ball. The defense is absolutely Super Bowl ready. Yep. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and the skill position players, and even even with Dalvin Cook out, the combination of your running backs right now, those are Super Bowl ready weapons. So really, the only question is if you if you were to take an the most absolute, important position in well, sports is your only question. But even 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 with some questions there, you're seven and two, and if you were to take a sure thing, yes. whatever whatever a sure thing is in your mind for the next three months, and put that sure thing at quarterback. Yes, this would be the favorite to win the Super Bowl, I think, in the NFC or in the, maybe. I mean, the Patriots are always going to be there. Philadelphia looks like great. this yeah. team. The only question mark is how sustainable is Case Keenum's performance, and if it's not. How ready is Teddy Bridgewater? Are you, and the question comes down to this too, are you prepared to settle with four and with Case? And if you are, if we get to January 14th or the 21st and he kills you there, you can't complain. You lose your rights. If you sit there today and say, leave well enough alone, damn it, Mike and, and Rick, leave him alone. Let Case play the rest of the season. Then you lose your right on January 21st when he throws a, a godforsaken pass off his back foot that he tosses up and it looks like a punt. You lose your right to say that might have been a mistake. Yeah, but there is something really enticing about a guy who just goes in and slings it down the field. Some of the passes he was completing, the 40-yarder to Stefan Diggs, dropping it in, in the bucket to Adam Thielen. You see how it's enticing, right? I mean, it's like he's teasing you with these long passes, with this fearless style of play. As one caller put it don't, from Pennsylvania and Ventline, the eye of the tiger. Don't do it. Don't the bite eye on of it. The tiger. Don't you do it. Just saying, Not man. you, Mackie. <laughs> Not you. Uh, here was Teddy after the game. It all boiled up. Uh, I kind of screamed a little on the sideline after I said my prayer in the end zone. I screamed a little. And then when I got on the sideline, I was like, man, it's really about to happen. But um, like I said, today it was a great moment for my life, my personal life, but it was even a better moment for this team. Uh, we got out there, we competed, and we won a big game that we needed to win on so the road. We're mostly Vikings today, and uh, once we get done with the opening bell, we can open up if people have thoughts on the Vikings at 7-2, and two, the quarterbacks, I'd like to hear Keenum, about the quarterback. Bridgewater. Yeah. A couple other questions to throw out, aside from an injury, when would you start to consider that change? Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Zimmer says he has a plan, but we can throw out the number, 651-646-8255, 877 615 1500 Ding! 
Ding. And now the Packers won yesterday, which, you know, they're five and four now. If they win another one or two and Rodgers comes back in December, that could get interesting, depending on how close the race is. Uh, so the Packers won yesterday. No Packer vent line from us. The Lions won yesterday. So uh, if we were thinking about a Lions vent yeah, line. That's not going to happen. But you know what? We figured we could expand the vent line brand from Vikings vent line, Packer vent line, a staple on this show. Because it's possible our gopher football team may have gotten somebody fired. Let's fire up Husker Ventline, gentlemen. Hey, Connie, how are you doing today? I'm fine, but I think we need to get Diaco down on the field, who has a little energy in him, instead of just walking back and forth like Riley does, uh, who and would get in there with those kids and cheer them on. You think that'd help uh, help the the team yeah, out to have those I coaches think, down there? I think it would help to have Diaco down there because Diaco has a lot of life in him, and he he has a lot of fire. And I think we need somebody that's got some fire in him. <laughs> Husker vent line, fire it up. I can never really remember uh, such a kind of non-existent effort on the road. I mean, I can't ever remember Nebraska being this lethargic and overall just kind of lifeless in a game where I felt like they had a real chance to win. I mean, Minnesota was not a good team. Nebraska got shut down, uh, demolished. I mean, in every in every facet. Because yeah, you need, need Diaco on the sideline. I have no idea who he is, but put him on the sideline. <laughs> who is Diaco? Is he I, a coordinator? He must be. He's awesome. He must be. He's, He's really, so really awesome. good. He's going to be unemployed you know what pretty that soon. Is? He's got fire. <laughs> Do you know what that call was? The old Les Frazier. Les Frazier, don't show the right fire on the sideline call. Yeah. Our, our head coach, don't show that fire that we're looking for on the sideline. If we only had a coach like Ticey who showed the fire, then we'd be in great shape. Yeah, that was amazing. So, that yeah. was incredible. Gophers put up 54 points. It was a bad Nebraska team, but that was... It's possible Riley gets fired today or something. I don't know. Maybe he coaches another I, week, but that's the final nail in the coffin. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen a big-time college football game where a run defense was that bad. You could have gained. I think you would have gone for a buck twenty-five and Dave a buck thirty-five. Well, credit to them because they ran for over four hundred yards, and I think the last time that happened might have been the two thousand five game against Wisconsin, no, which they lost. You don't think? It, it was. was okay. It was the punt so, game, and then they they also ran for four hundred against Michigan in two thousand three and lost. Mm-hmm. So when they've run for four hundred yards, ordinarily they lose in catastrophic fashion. I was going to so, say in glorious blaze of glory fashion. Yeah, so we'll make in some Husker vent line. Our vent line brand is expanding. Knows, We're going to scale this it knows thing. No ends. Yep. Uh, let's come back. Let's talk more about quarterback shaming in this town and how it's becoming an epidemic. And if you have thoughts on what you would do, would you just ride Case Keenum blindfolded all the way down the path? Yeah, convince me, because I'm not convinced. On this I was, one at all. I was ready I'd like for to it. be convinced. Honestly, like if you would have asked me at halftime of that game, all right, what are you going to do? I, I guess you, you know what? What the hell? Let's hop on the Case wagon. See, oh my God, those interceptions! Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Case? <laughs> no. What are you doing, Mackie and Judd? Vikings thirty-eight to nothing yesterday. Ventline on demand, Purple Podcast on demand, and all kinds of stuff at 1500ESPN.com. Mike Morris in the noon hour. We're going to catch up, we think, with Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. Kevin Seifert in about 20 minutes. Mackie and Judd. Let's get back. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. The fan favorite, he's 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 my favorite, too. Um, you know, I mean, 
I may I may have a Teddy Bridgewater jersey at home, you know. So I'm a big fan of his. He's a great dude, a uh, great teammate. Um, I told somebody on the field um, that uh, Teddy definitely raises the uh, the cool factor of the quarterback group uh, tremendously. So, uh, you know, with that being said, on the field, um, you know, he's uh, he's another set of eyes, and it's and it's great to have him. Uh, with you know have feedback and just you know kind of know what's going on and you know another set of eyes on the defense and being able to talk about certain you know things whether it's protection routes uh, coverages so um, he does a great job man he's a great great team player great uh, great teammate and uh, like I said I'm a, I'm a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater Case Keenum a big fan of the guy who <laughs> might replace him at some point who knows Dave brought a great nugget to our attention during the commercial break. Case Keenum led the NFL in ESPN's QBR, which takes into account context. And I'm assuming that they don't ding you as much for interceptions when you're already leading by like three or four touchdowns. Uh, He had a near perfect QBR yesterday, 98.7 against Washington. C.J. Beathard was actually second. So uh, was it Judd who picked C.J. Beathard in the quarterback cesspool challenge? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I'm very upset about that. But he was playing the Giants. And how Ben McAdoo still has a job this morning, I have no idea. I would have fired him in San Francisco. Mike Riley, I would have fired in in Minneapolis on Saturday. And Ben McAdoo, I would have fired in San Francisco on Sunday. So Case Keenum led all passers. And it was, until those interceptions, it was the best performance of his his entire professional career. And if you go season-long QBR, here are the rankings. Deshaun Watson, number one. He's out, so he gone. Dak Prescott's number two in, in QBR. Case Keenum, three, ahead of Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. Now, digest that for a minute. you want to bench him. Well, explain. So, explain. QB, QBR is ESPN's answer. It's a passer rating, and it's supposed to give you more of a... Because Correct. that's 153.8, and nobody understands the formula, well, the re- really. The reason why traditional passer rating doesn't really... I mean, it's it's fine as, as kind of a, a loose measurement, but... If you are Blake Bortles from a couple years ago and you wind up putting up, you're down by four touchdowns and you put up 300 yards in the second half and it doesn't matter. Right. Like you get equal credit for that as you would if you complete clutch fourth quarter passes and put up yards in the fourth quarter. But I guess I'm confused um, how you don't get docked more for throwing two picks in in the third and I think fourth quarter of the game where I get you up, but you should be docked for it. You're confused. And I'm confused for the same reason, because for five years, Case Keenum was a punchline in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And now, according to a fairly objective and, you know, credible measurement, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We could split hairs and say, I don't think I would take him above Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz. Right. And so, you know, 651-646-8255, we'll take Paul here in a second. The, I think the reason it doesn't compute is because it does. It's like it's like the Mike Pelfrey analogy from a couple of years ago. Mike Pelfrey had like a two and a half ERA through through the middle of June, and was going seven innings every time out. And you're thinking, is this the new Mike Pelfrey? It was Kyle Gibson second half. Why is he going eight this, innings every si- single time I, out and striking out hitters? It I doesn't am, compute. I am telling you, this is one of those situations where the eye test is incredibly important. And this is not saying that Teddy's going to be fantastic. But I can guarantee you, I'll go back to what I keep telling you, I can guarantee you that if you get to a playoff game, Keenum's either going to have the first half that he did against Baltimore or Cleveland, or he's going to throw one of those two passes in the second half that he did on Sunday, and it's going to end your season. 
I can guarantee that will happen. Ke- I see this so clearly, it's not even funny. Kevin tweets in, how do you work, Phil, with such a negative human being every single day? We're 7-2, and two, anything short of absolute perfection, and all he does is complain. And actually, that's, that's not... an accurate assessment of And Jeff. actually, that's not fair at all, because I am siding with what the thought process is at Winter Park. Why does that matter? No, but what I'm saying is, if you're a Viking fan, it's going to happen. You have to accept the fact that Bridgewater's no one, going okay, to play. No one's de- okay. So, hold on, no one's debating what will happen. People are debating what should happen. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, I'm not being negative whatsoever. I am behind the Vikings and what they're going to do. I, I am pro purple here. I'm drinking the purple Kool Aid by saying, you know what, you guys are right. I and am, you call me an apologist. I exactly. I am basically playing the role of Sid here. Let me tell you something. Keenum's not going to play all season, okay? Zimmer told me, and he shouldn't. So, and, and just to be clear so that we aren't mixed up here, because you're definitely more negative on this than I am, Case Keenum deserves 100% full credit for the way he's played the last two months. And if we were to guarantee that this type of play were to continue, there would be no debate in my mind. He should be the starting quarterback. I still have a healthy skepticism that this is a sustainable it, but, no, 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 long-term but you don't, thing. You don't understand. You saw it yesterday. You, If you are playing the Rams in the playoffs or the Eagles, and he throws either of those passes that he did in the second half that were picked off, that will end your season. I don't care what you saw besides that. He will end your season. 651-646-8255. A uh, little, little morning after vent line here on Mackie and Judd. What's up, Paul? Well, I got a bunch to say now. Um, <laughs> Judd, I disagree with what you said about him not being able to learn. He has not done this yet all year. Uh, the, the, the interceptions in Baltimore wasn't one tipped by, by uh, Treadwell. Uh, they were awful passes. I'll, I'll grant you that. But the idea that he can't sit there and say, okay, I, <laughs> I got a little excited. I got a little overconfident. Everything I was throwing turned to gold in the first half. I, I got a little over my skis, like Phil likes to say. I think he can learn from that, number one. Number right. two, number two, we're not at all uh, – we, we, we've seen nothing from Teddy clearly in the last year and a half to make you think that he's, you know, Nolan Ryan out there. He's going to be solid gold when we put him out there. So I, I don't think you pull case until you have evidence that you need to pull case. Uh, but to me, two things that I took from yesterday – more than even Teddy versus Case. Case played great for the most part. He got the win. Uh, I think Kurt Covens crossed himself off our list for next year. Uh, he missed so many passes yesterday. And it leads to my big concern with this team from yesterday, and it's been the number one thing that's touted with this team. It's their defense. They gave up 30 points to to this team, and Cousins missed on a couple of wide-open deep routes. It could have made it worse than that. We had no pass rush, and I tweeted that to Matthew uh, in the middle of the game. I said, why no pass rush today? Washington said, has a good offensive line. That's what he said. They have a good offensive line. but I wouldn't worry gonna- about the, the defense isn't going to shut. Paul, thank you. We have full phone lines right now, uh, so we want to get to some calls here. I guess the reason why I'm not going to sit here today and tee off on the defense is because this is the first time all year they allowed 30 points. It's a road game. It's a tough offense. You're not going to go 16 for 16 in in holding teams and, in check. And Griffin didn't play too, and that's extremely important. Sure. He's maybe your best defensive player. Yes. Uh, all right, we're, we're talking quarterbacks here. Judd's getting crushed by people for being too negative this morning. He's just a, he's just I'm been okay watching Vikings that. football for 50 I'm years. I'm all right with that. Charlie, you're on the show. Yeah, hey, guys. Hello. 
Yeah, I'll take the second interception. That was a terrible pass. They changed up the defense, and he got burned. But can you please tell me what you didn't like about the first interception? I'd say that's the best play he made all day. It's third and 10 from the 40. Chuck it up there. If we catch it, it's first and 10 in the red zone. If they intercept it, it's a, it's a bad punt. Let your defense take over. I don't get it. It was a good play. I'd let my quarterback do that all day long. If he throws it out of bounds or takes a sack, we punt. Same result. No big deal. I don't get it. Charlie, it, it was the problem is, is this. One, it was a jump ball, essentially, into triple coverage. Two, if you go I'm back and that. watch, if you go back and watch, McKinnon and Thielen are open. He had two options. He he had a check down to McKinnon that was open, and he should have thrown that. And but what I'm saying is that type of decision making in that game doesn't cost you the game. It makes you anxious. It will cost you a key game. He was getting pressure. I'd take it. Check it up. See what happens. All right. I think he just needs to stop on his online gambling account. Once he gets to a certain point at the blackjack table, like the, okay, you could step away. Hey, step away, man. Uh, you don't need to put any that, more bets. No more. Uh, no more. You know, exactly. splitting cards. Uh, Matt, you're on with Mackie and Judd. What do you think? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, that INT was not a good play. I'm sorry, but that's just an INT like that is never a good play. Right. Um, can we do a little pie chart of praise here for Keenum's success? Real Hold on. Quick? Let's make it official. We're going to do it for you. Well, let me make it official here. Uh, let's see. Pie chart. Of, that's the blame one. Now on Mackie and Judd. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. We should be singing his praises. All right, Matt, fire away. Okay, Keenum has been successful this year, I think, for, for five reasons. Five, we've got this up into five equal spots. We're not going to get, get crazy with percentages here, but um, I give 20% to Shermer, uh, 20% to the O-line, mm-hmm. 20% to the amazing receivers that he has, mm-hmm. 20% because mo- to, to just the fact that we've had pretty easy opponents, just the opponents we play, and I give them 20% because if you look at our, our first half schedule, it's been fairly uh, cake opponents. Mm-hmm. And then Keenum can have 20%. Yeah, he's played well. But, I mean, like you guys said earlier, like we have a Super Bowl-ready team all around us. Keenum is taking advantage of that. If you look at his body of work overall in his career, um, I just feel like – and if more defensive backs could catch in this league, if you look back at some of the other games that he's played, he should have more interceptions than he has right now. Um, but we have to, I think we have to see what Teddy has. I think we have to see what he can do. And so I think we need to get them in there sooner rather than later because – he gives us the better chance to win in the Super Bowl if we get there. Um, I'm going to the game next week. I live in Tennessee. Nice. I'm going to the game next week, and I would love to see Teddy out there, but I feel like that's a little too soon. But I'm thinking Thanksgiving. I mean, I think you've got to give him five or six regular season games before he, he hits the playoffs to kind of knock off that rust. You know, I see what he's got. Matt, it's a great phone call. I uh, I agree with the pie chart of praise. I also I also think that you know, whatever percentage of the praise you want to give to Case Keenum, I can't be clear enough stating that he deserves all of it. Yes, he's he does. been great. Uh, but but to Matt's point, Case Keenum went from mediocre slash punchline to diet Brett Favre overnight this season, thanks to the circumstances around him. And so at some point, whether it's this year or next year, whenever it may be, if it's going to happen, it's fair to expect something similar from a more accurate, higher-ceiling quarterback, which I think Teddy Bridgewater is. Case Keenum deserves a ton of credit for what he's done, and he's done a very good job. But keep in mind, this team signed him to a one-year, $2 million contract for a reason. 
If they really thought that there was upside here, it would have been a three-year deal. They signed him because they needed a backup quarterback, and he's been a very good one, and he deserves applause for that, and the team does as well. But the team also, you also have to side with them in saying if they think there's a better avenue to go, if you're going to trust them, you got to trust them. Uh, I know we're kind of up against the clock here, and Kevin Seifert is uh, is up next, but let's, let's take another call or two quick here. Harry, you're on with Mackie and Judd. A little morning after well, Ventline. Yes, morning after. And uh, thinking about, you know, postmortems and Judd this morning, I think, you know, you sort of said something that really, like, really brought back dark memories of 2009. Tracy Porter, Brett Favre. I'm sure you guys remember those names. That <laughs> I was there. And, and just looking back to that second pick that Keenum threw, very reminiscent of the pick that he threw to Tracy Porter in that championship game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Keenum's that guy. But, you know, that season we put all of our eggs into the Brett Favre basket. It was an amazing season. It was a hell of a ride. We all had fun. But when it mattered the most, and again, Favre, we get it, all-time leader in picks. You know, there's no fighting facts here. That's just who he was. Mm-hmm. But he got you a lot of TDs and was a gutsy guy. But with Keenum, you know, I guess the track record is really a question because, again, he's been a backup for his most career. He's, what, six years in. He hasn't been in that spot. Favre had at least been through Super Bowl, had won a Super Bowl. You know, and again, he was a future Hall of Famer, you know, shoe-in first ballot. So, I, and again, not to bring up, you know, memories of that time and the heartache, but when you talk about, like, reaching into someone's chest and ripping their soul out, Judd just brought that all back to me, man, because that game, that that pick that happened, which was what, like, I think, I want to say like nine or a few seconds left in that fourth quarter that, uh, that pushed it into overtime. That entire situation, not saying it can happen again with Keenum, but with both quarterbacks, you really don't know. I mean, Teddy's had one, you know, fairly decent playoff game where he went against Seattle. And, you know, we know the result of that one, obviously. But, you know, we, we really don't know either way. But with Keenum, you see the gunslinger mentality. You see how he likes to get out there and toss it a bit. He's going to take some risks. And I think like both of you guys sort of agree on, there's going to be a time sooner or later in that high, high, uh, uh, like the high importance game that he's going to make a mistake and it's going to cost us Vikings fast. Thanks, guys. Bye. I mean, it's a call here. Yeah, that's the thing. Let's take one more here. Uh, I believe it's is it Foster. The mouse is in the way. Foster, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm totally on board with you guys that if you want to just get to the playoffs, Case is your safest bet. But if you want to make any noise, it's Teddy. But, uh, Mackie, I know you mentioned that about halftime yesterday. You were kind of about ready to just roll with Case. You had played with your heart just enough. If you were to give Zimmer truth serum, do you think that he would admit to the same thing ever? And also, how would you think he would articulate his plan that he keeps alluding to? So that is a, that's a great question, and we're, we'll expand more on that later, but just a quick answer to that. I think Mike Zimmer, deep in his heart, feels the same way that a lot of us do, which is this is the best you're going to get. There's a little too much reckless. It's diet Brett Favre without the Hall of Fame upside, and, and this is kind of the peak of it, but he's going to rip your heart out at some point. I think Mike Zimmer is looking for a chance to put Teddy Bridgewater into a game but it hasn't happened enough yet. Like, you need more than just the interceptions that were thrown yesterday. If those were to cost the Vikings a game, now Bridgewater starts against the Rams. But they were up by so much when those interceptions happened. I would be very curious to know if there is anyone uh, in power at Winter Park who believes that the status quo is the smart move. Because I can guarantee you the coach doesn't and the GM doesn't. Both those guys want to make this switch. But, and and you saw it after an interception, I believe, number two on Sunday, 
you saw Bridgewater put on the helmet, and I think he made some warm-up tosses. So these guys, both those guys are essentially saying, we want to make the move. But like all of us, they're also saying, okay, when do we do it? More Vikings when we come back. It's Mackie and Judd. Vikings 7-2, and two, two games up in the division. Kevin Seifert next from ESPN.com. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. I just associate it with dummies. Mackie and Judd. They think that they're, you know what, don't stink, and they know everything. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackie and Judd. Let's bring him in, Kevin Seifert from ESPN.com. Uh, we've just spent the first half hour debating, taking phone calls, Keenum, Bridgewater. These are good problems to have when you're seven and two, and uh, the rest sure. of your team seems very Super Bowl ready, or at least uh, you know can compete in the playoffs ready. So, what do you make of the current Minnesota Vikings and uh, and what they have to face at the quarterback position, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I don't really see it as a as a problem or an obstacle. I mean, they've got. Two guys that they, I think they could feel pretty comfortable playing uh, in the playoff stretch. And uh, at the beginning of the season, we might not have picked either one of them as, as potential candidates to lead them to the playoffs. But they've got two. Um, you know, and I don't think that uh, it requires a whole lot of uh, thinking on the part of the Vikings or any kind of complicated plan. Of the guy they have playing is playing well, and they're winning with him, and they uh, they need to ride him. And it would be, um, you know, there, there's there's always exceptions to every rule but generally speaking we can look back in history and see plenty of occasions where whether it was fair to the former starter or not uh teams have ridden the hot hand uh, as long as they can go and in the vikings case they know that if for some reason the case keenum uh, goes cold or he starts um playing as he did through, during that little stretch there yesterday that, that they have a guy that's more than uh, that has proven more than capable of starting nfl uh games that that can lead a team to the playoffs so they're in a good spot i don't think it requires a uh in a pythagorean theorem to uh to figure out what they're uh, doing um <laughs> they uh they just need to uh to keep riding it as far as i'm concerned yes but kevin when the head coach gets up to the podium after the game and he's asked specifically about yeah. this and he says i've got a plan right as you know, nine times out of ten, the response is, hey, we just won a game. Case won the game. Case is our starter. It sure, leave, it sure leaves you uh, going away from that press conference thinking to yourself that inevitably at some point that change is going to take place. Uh, I think inevitably it will happen if Case plays differently. I, I mean, I, I guess I don't see – like if, they, if he was if, – if, if his plan was to get Teddy into the game – independent of how Case is playing, to me, he would have played yesterday. Um, and that wasn't the case. Um, and I and to this point, Case Keenum is not, uh, does not appear to be the type of player, person, whatever, personality that needs to have his, uh, his confidence stroke. You know, I, I don't think he needs the coach to stand in front of the cameras and say, he's my starter. Um, you know, thanks, Teddy, for your contributions, but, but he's my starter. That, that's been his whole career. Uh, no one has ever named Case Keenum their starter, and he's managed to to get by. Uh, if he started to show uh, instance, uh, uh, examples of of his confidence waning or being insecure, then maybe you address that. Uh, you know, the plan might very well be what we said that keep riding him as long as uh, as we can, and but we'll be we'll, we'll probably have a quicker trigger than you might otherwise have because we know who we have behind him. Yeah, the, the amazing thing, and this is this is what has led to Case Keenum's success: the combination of the skill position players, the offensive line upgrades, Pat Shermer, and some of the you can just tell the game flows offensively yeah. from the play call to 
the offensive line to Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and just everything feels so well put together, Kevin. Yeah, and and I would also add, um, and this sounds simple, but uh, Case Keenum has not always been the most accurate quarterback, um, and we've noticed we can, we noticed a few plays where he does throw you know out of whack, or he had a couple yesterday that were just and a few the week before that just didn't hit the mark. But he's also, and it sounds simple, he's also hitting these open guys, finding and hitting these open guys pretty regularly. And if you watch around the league, unfortunately, you see a lot of backup quarterbacks coming off the field. Um, uh, are coming onto the field and, and really not being able to hit open receivers. And it sounds simple, but it's something that he's been really good at, um, whether it's finding the Adam Thielens or, or Stefan Diggs I mean, or David Morgan yesterday. I mean, he has delivered accurate throws to open receivers, and that's also part of it. But, I, and that's, but that's also made it difficult to, to compare. I was trying to look and see, is Case playing better than Teddy Bridgewater has ever played? And, and is it, should that be part of this discussion? And you almost can't compare because – the uh, these schemes, as you mentioned, seem so different than uh, now as opposed to what Teddy played with under the under North Turner. Shermer uh, has been. I mean, I've sat in this chair since the day I started this job and, and criticized OCs at times. And Phil said, "Well, it's hard to know what, what they're trying to, to do, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And he might be right, but Pat Shermer deserves nothing but praise. I mean, this guy, this guy to me has, has earned a head coaching opportunity again. And everything that he's done, you say to yourself, wow, this this is the type of thing. When when Childress sat there and told both of us, this is a kick-ass offense, this West yeah. Coast works, and we said, but it's not working. You just came yeah. off a game in Green Bay, which was terrible. I think what we are now seeing is a reflection of if, if Childress could have a diagram that day and said, this is how it should work, what we're seeing now is it. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know, and I always – the head coaching thing is probably a separate issue, but in terms of uh, developing a scheme that fits the players and navigating an unexpected quarterback change in the, during the season, um, and also probably in the back of his mind sketching out what he would do if and when Teddy gets on the field, I mean, that in itself is a pretty significant accomplishment for Pat Shermer. And, and, and in reality, he had a pretty good reputation as an offensive coordinator, you know, for a long time in the NFL, and that's part of the reason he got the, the Browns' job as the head coach. So it's it shouldn't come as a surprise that this guy has a big picture ability to craft a scheme, to be flexible enough to adjust it when necessary, and to find what uh, works against opponents and, uh, relative to what his team can accomplish. And so the, all those things are. are our skills and accomplishments that that he has uh, he demonstrated a long time ago, and, and pretty much I would imagine reminding people of it now. Whether that leads to a head coaching opportunity, I don't know. I think teams are starting to um, to consider different uh, things other than simply the best uh, some of the best play callers in the NFL, and understanding that that doesn't always translate into great head coaches. But certainly has earned rec- rep- uh, reputation and rec ignition this year for uh, for really a great job and work well done. Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. Adam Thielen with another ridiculous game yesterday. He's up to third in the NFL now in yardage, receiving yards, almost 800 yards. And I believe he's right around uh, 10th in receptions with 56 catches. Uh, I, I mean, we're getting to the point, Kevin, where you have to think pretty hard to name wide receivers that are definitively better than he is right now. Or at least producing better. I was looking at yeah. that the same. I mean, obviously Julio Jones has been hurt. Um, you know, you look around the league and there's been some other injuries. Des Bryant's been hurt. But 
Uh, and this guy just keeps – and what, what amazes me, um, and I don't know if this is from a defense perspective or what, but he's always running wide open. I mean, that when, when a receiver puts up this kind of numbers in production and he's still running wide open, uh, presumably with, with a greater attention uh, placed on him by the defense, then you have to say this that not only is he a good route runner, but he knows how to find those empty spaces in a way that, that isn't necessarily coached and isn't necessarily um, taught at any level. He has those instincts. And so I think that that's what stood out to me is that, and again, sounding simple, talking about uh, accurate throwing from a quarterback, but a receiver knowing how to get open is not as simple um, as it seems. And, and clearly, among all the other skills he has, he knows where to find those holes, uh, how to shake uh, defenders and um, and how to how to get in a position where the quarterback can deliver it to him accurately. What stood out to me was was there was uh, the third down before Forbath's field goal. Keenum threw a pass to to Thielen that was sort of low and it wasn't a great pass. It was catchable though, and he didn't catch it. And I thought to myself, what happened? How can yeah. he not catch you? You know a guy has reached a a certain uh, threshold when he doesn't catch a tough ball, and you say to yourself, "Well, he's got to make that catch. He makes all the other ones." Yeah, and he seemed just as disappointed. And it was, I think, if it was low and behind him, and uh, you know, an accurate, a more accurate throw would have uh, hit him in the chest, and he would have had it for a first down. I think it was like third and twelve or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, third and eleven. I think you're right. Yeah, and and that's not you know, finding finding a and he was open and to find a, a gap in a, against a defense on third and thirteen like that usually you don't the defenses are set up so that that's really hard to do and so that was impressive in itself that he was open. Um, but you're right. Yeah, I, I totally thought he would find a way to catch that ball and and on watching the replay it would have been difficult, but uh, but it's certainly something he's done this year. Kevin, uh, this is yet another roller coaster, fun Viking season, and the Rams are coming up this this weekend on Sunday. And so, uh, get your popcorn ready for the next seven games. This is classic Vikings fashion here, especially the next two Rams, and then turn around quick play the Lions yep. on Thanksgiving. So that'll be fun. Yep. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Bye, Kev. Okay, guys. Yep. Kevin Seifert from ESPN. Because when the schedule came out in the spring, we all said to ourselves, "This Rams Vikings matchup is going to be epic." Like Epic in a just, bad way. Yeah, I just can't wait for the Rams-Vikings game. Yeah. And now it, it's legit one of the premier games in the yes. NFL at this point. Yes, it, it I mean, the Rams is. are with, with Sean McVay. They're, they're energized. Uh, did you guys see the Everson Griffin hype video before the game yesterday? I did not watch it. How good is it? Very foul mouth on old Everson. And I think Vikings Entertainment Network did the work for us in centering. Can we find that and play it next for Judd I and for the audience? Yeah. All right, Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. We return on 1500 ESPN. Want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV? Well, you join Judd at Lucky's 13 in Bloomington from 3 to 5 this Saturday. Wish him a happy birthday. And you can register to win that TV in the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. And enjoy a cold one or two. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Pressure from Kerrigan, steps away, fires on the run, it is caught! Unbelievable! It's like glue on his hands from Thielen. Earlier this year, we saw Duck Duck Grey Goose. Yeah, get it right in Minnesota now. And now we're seeing him hopping over Dude, each other. He's insane. He's on. He's he's right up there with the Antonio Browns and the Julio Jones' numbers. Now, he only has the two touchdown receptions, but that touchdown catch yesterday. That was a great catch. The body control, he leans in, traffic, the ball just sticks but to his Kevin's hands. Kevin's right. It, it's like it, it, he's really good, and he's covered consistently, and it's like he's not. 
He finds ways to be open by three yards, yeah. and you keep saying to yourself, why? I dared the hot take police to pull me over on Twitter yesterday, and I stand by this. What'd you say? Adam Thielen's hands are every bit as good as Chris Carter's hands, but Chris Carter did it for like 10-plus years. I stick by it. Pull me over. Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in hot take court. Now, Chris Carter did it for a decade and was a Hall of Fame receiver, but he doesn't drop that first down catch either. Yeah. Third I think and he 11, been, you got to catch. You might catch that ball. He might have been concussed. You're right. Chris Carter never dropped a pass in 12 years. It's sure, crazy. You Just ask him. I love revisionist history. He actually caught balls that weren't even thrown to him, which is true. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because he demanded them. <laughs> yeah, I want that pass back. All, the, all those touchdowns, the Moss. That was actually Carter's influence that got him the touchdown. Correct. So he gets credit for exactly. that. Exactly. Safe to say that Thielen will never see a teammate uh, get burned in the end zone against the Packers and then berate that teammate <laughs> on the sideline <laughs> to the point of he's screaming at poor Jimmy Hitchcock. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, bad for Jimmy Hitchcock. Maybe uh, the yeah. new contract ego could could flare up for Thielen, but, be good. but uh, he's pretty ridiculous. Everson Griffin uh, was inactive yesterday, and that's part of the reason why the Vikings had their probably their worst defensive performance of the year. They give up 400 yards of total offense almost, and uh, they needed the offense to sc- And sometimes that happens. You're not going to, even with the best defenses, you're not going to go 16 for 16. But Everson Griffin played a key role before the game. I don't know how this is going to translate to radio, but uh, I retweeted this yesterday. You can just go follow at Phil Mackey. You can go find the video. This is Everson Griffin hyping up his fellow defensive mates before the game. I don't give a f- what y'all got to do today. Leave that out there on the field. You're the baddest on the planet. So do your job for 60 minutes and word them out to the very end. They can't handle you. That translated yeah, pretty so well. Good. It's so good. I mean, just assume that everything that was bleeped was an M and F and MF. I don't care what the heck you have to do on that field today. Shucks, they can't handle you. <laughs> they can't handle you. Oh, pretty good. that's how we hype each other up before stuff you should know about every day, too. I'm not sure if people do It doesn't do that. always work, though, unfortunately, for us. I no, mean, it results in concussions. In yeah, fact, I feel hurt. like four of those guys may have been mildly concussed. <laughs> the, the, the sound you heard was him winding up as hard as he could and hitting everyone upside the the logo. Don't on break the your hand, though, dude. We right. They need you back. <laughs> don't want to break your hand. I wondered why Linval Joseph played. I mean, he's great ordinarily. He played yesterday's game, though. Like someone had punched him before the game, and now I know why. <laughs> Everson Griffin had punched him before the game. He did, yeah. That receiver that Joseph hit in the first quarter, I don't think he still knows wh- where the hell he is. That guy, he basically came up to him and pushed him, but he pushed him right in the head or something. That guy went flying. Uh, and then, uh, who was it? Uh, Harrison Smith delivered a hit. There was like oh, four yeah. or five. Actually, there were probably more than that if you include the Sendejo knocked away passes. There were four or five completed passes that wound up being incomplete because Vikings defenders just either stuck the guy who had the ball or mm-hmm. knocked it away. Harrison Smith came in shoulder to shoulder and leveled somebody in the end zone at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was only five penalties called the entire game. 
So one of the one of the that, that yeah, game was, was fun cool. to watch because it was high scoring, it was entertaining, and only five penalties were called the entire game. And so. Joseph t- took the one because he he came in on what third down and hit Cousins and took the penalty for that, which yeah, that actually kind gave of a first down, and they scored off that. Kind but. of borderline, but it went when in doubt, don't knock the I quarterback would not over. Want to make that guy mad though. He's the best defensive tackle in the NFL right now, isn't he? Joseph is not someone. He's got to be up there. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. All right, let's. We can open up the phone lines again here. We can go. We we until we get to stuff at ten thirty. We can keep the phone lines open. Uh, hell, if you want to call in during stuff, I'm sure Dave will welcome <laughs> okay. you. Okay, sure he'll welcome oh, you. I like stuff. when you make jokes. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. A uh, a day after Vikings vent line and Jeb. When we come back, I can tell you with. confidence exactly who Case Keenum is long-term. The question is, are we okay with it in the short-term? Mackie and Judd. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their missile collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.